Leading Britain's Conversation. You're listening to a podcast of The Steve Allen Show from LBC. Morning, everybody. Welcome to Sunday. It's the 2nd of December. It's the busy day. This is the one where you try and get your stuff sorted out for Christmas, because believe you me... It's going to whiz through so fast this month. You're going to be going, oh, right, we do that. Oh, crikey, it's Christmas Eve. And I'm here all over Christmas. All over Christmas. No excuses for not tuning into LBC. If you're one of those people spending your time alone or you're going to be in the kitchen, you want to be away from the family, you've just got the radio on. So I'm going to be here doing breakfast on Christmas Eve, Christmas Day and Boxing Day. I think that's a first, actually. I don't think we've ever done Christmas Eve before. If I have, I can't remember it. Anthea Turner's cut links with her sister. This is a very strange one. It's all to do with the fact that she's had to pay off debts for the sister who went bankrupt some years ago, who's married. The sister is married to, I think, Gary Webster, who was in Minder. And uh, so she, she severed all ties. Not like Anthea at all, but uh, I do remember the other two went bankrupt and then wrote a book about going bankrupt. Meanwhile, over in the Jordan household, things go from from bad to worse. They've just lost a member of the family. Yes, apparently one of the kids had an iguana or something like that. Whatever it is, it died. Not at all surprised. She can't afford to put the heating on. And these things live in vivariums, don't they? They have to be kept warm. And uh, perhaps she didn't know how to feed it. She's obviously not the brightest person. And she's also now thinking of having cosmetic surgery for Christmas. Isn't that good? You're bankrupt, practically. You've got no money at all. Can't afford to put the heating on in yet. Can afford to go and have the face retarded again. Waste of time. Utterly stupid. But that's their business. Uh, Lord Sugar wears seven Rolexes in nine episodes of The Apprentice. They get dafter and dafter, the people on The Apprentice. I mean, I mean, they really do. They had a double sacking, which is always good news as far as I'm concerned. I'd have fired them before they'd even got as far as the boardroom and putting on their little their little suits. Uh, also, the Formula One rising star's mum is a £7.5 pounds fraudster. <laughs> Not exactly. She was flogging cars that never existed. And, to make things worse, the uh, alleged uh, school bully, the mum of the alleged school bully, because I've had to move the family out because vigilantes started turning up, if you please, uh, it turns out she's a convicted rapist. Sorry, racist. Rapist. She's a convicted racist. It just seems to get worse, doesn't it? It really does seem to get worse. Uh, also, Love Island's Megan somebody somebody reckons she should teach sex education in schools. I don't think you want her near any school pupils. Thank you very much indeed. And a mum of eight claiming £38,000 a year for her brood uh, wants to pay 2500 for a boob job in Turkey, which is the place where people go. They do cheap cosmetic surgery. That's where Jordan goes. She goes for cheap cosmetic surgery. So... Um, that's what she's going to do. And she's, it's not my benefit money. I've saved for it. And uh, you think, so she's got all these eight children. There's no father present, as you can well imagine. Bit embarrassing, isn't it, really? Also, the Duke and Duchess of Cambridge this year will be going vegan. Because apparently it turns out that her parents, her mum, has gone vegan. So, um... William will be eating vegan. Must be the first year that vegan, that, uh, that he's, he hasn't had the traditional turkey. Or perhaps they have goose. I don't really know what the royal family have for Christmas. I can't remember. I've been through most of their... I know they do silly presents and stuff like that, and not all the family will be there every year. As they all grow up, they start going to different places. But uh, to go vegan this year. So I don't think William and Catherine are going to be with the rest of the royal family, which is just as well, because I think Meghan and Harry are going to be there, because I don't think he cooks. Not too sure whether she cooks or not, so they will be going. And it's all, it's all gone pear-shaped for some reason. People have started picking on her. They've said she's the cause of all the trouble. Their PA left. 
because apparently she was just fed up with being treated like that. Then there was another story the other day that said that Catherine had had to have words with Meghan because she was rude to one of their staff. I mean, the whole thing has gone... I mean, you just can't be rude to somebody else's staff. But perhaps if she's like that, if she's a bit stuck up and she thinks that, you know, this is what happens, you have servants and you go, wait, you, here, now... That, that isn't how it works. Not in the royal family, anyway. They've had trusted servants for a long, long time. Meghan Markle perhaps just doesn't know how to behave. Seems like the rest of the family, doesn't it, really? Although her ex-agent has said that he reckons, or she reckons, that she will go back to acting at some point. Now, what does that mean? And is she having twins? Will we, will we ever find out? Uh, Caroline Flack's back with Andrew Brady, the world's most boring couple. I mean, honestly, seriously, how old are they? Seven, eight years old? No, apparently she's over 30 and he's sort of... I don't know whether he's over 30 or under 30. Either way, they're the most boring couple under the sun. Uh, Also, notorious waste of space. This is a a prisoner. He's inside. He sort of... he, He puts himself down as a hard man. He's just a... He can't make up his mind whether he's Charles Bronson or whether he's called, you know, whoever he's called this week. But uh, he's going to bring out a Christmas record. Where will that be recorded? Is this what goes on in prison nowadays? They've got recording studios. Susan Boyle's going for a TV comeback. That'll be nice. I dreamed a dream in time goes by. That'll be lovely. She apparently was completely different. Doesn't change her as a person. Just means she looks a little bit different. And uh, if you bought, have you bought your Christmas tree? There's one couple in the papers. There's always one every year. It'll be somebody who's got the oldest set of fairy lights. You know, we bought these in 1927, and there they are. They're still going well. They're Pifco, and this this is a, this is a couple who've got a tree that's a hundred years old. It was bought a hundred years ago. It's the scrubbiest looking tree you've ever seen in your life. And I think, no, it's not a planted tree. No, it's just it's uh, sort of one of these. Years ago, it used to be like a wooden rod with tinsel twisted around it, and then branches which came off. Also, it really looked vile. My, yeah, it's fake. Yeah. Yeah, you have fake. Did you have fake? My mother bought one years and years ago. Years and, obviously, well, years and years ago. She saw it in a shop and she thought, we'll have a fake Christmas tree. Whereas up until then, we'd had a real one. And um, I don't know why people all of a sudden go... Anyway, she saw this one. She thought it was the best looking fake tree she'd ever seen. Because some of them look a bit bit plastic and a bit naff. And anyway, we got it home. We had it for years. And then when, when she sort of died, it went into storage. And then when we got it out, uh, I remember looking at it thinking, God, it was rubbish. It was the biggest pile of rubbish tree I've ever seen in my entire life. It, it bore no resemblance to anything that uh, you would have had around at Christmas, but we did have it around at Christmas. But when I said so we decided to ditch the thing, and also you had to put the, you had to erect the uh, the main bit, and then you had to put branches into it. But also, it's so it's too complicated because you had to put the right branches at the bottom, which were the bigger ones, graduated up to oh. Early. It was hopeless, absolutely hopeless. And a friend of mine bought one, I think, for 200 quid, fully lit. fully An artificial tree. Yeah, but it's, it's, it really looks very good. All fully lit. All you've got to do is hang your balls on it. And, um, yeah. and, um, and, and, and I said, how easy was it to put up? He said, easy. Two sections. You just slide one into the, uh, in, into the, into the bottom half. One, slide one into the other. That well-known practice. And... Um, and, he's, and he said it's perfect. And he, he showed me a picture of it. It looks wonderful. It looks really, really nice. I liked it. Um, he's, I don't think he's put baubles on it. It's got so many, I think he's got about 600 lights on. Which is nothing compared to me. I mean, seriously, I'm, I'm in three figures. <laughs> if not more. Charlie Girling is in Thailand. 
good for Charlie. Everybody's very, very jealous, Charlie, if you're in uh, Thailand. And she says, there's a monkey in a tree over my head and I'm sunburnt. Just for your information, she says, hashtag sorry, not sorry. Bless you. In Thailand, how lovely. Are you coming back from Thailand? And there's a monkey in a tree. Is it a wild monkey or is it one of those monkeys trained to get coconuts? You know, you can send them up. They have um, monkeys and they go around with this bloke and he will send it. He's got a piece of string attached to it. And it climbs up the tree, twists the coconut, drops it to the ground. And then the monkey comes down. I don't, I don't know what it comes down for, actually. I think if, you know, I'd be going, excuse me, it's my coconut. OK, want to argue about it? You climb up here with me. But of course, they never do. Although I have seen people climb up uh, coconut trees, but it sounds lovely, doesn't it? Very, you know, where they sort of hack it with a machete and then they cut it in half and you drink the milk in the middle. I love coconut milk or coconut water or whatever they call it. It's, it's delicious. And then sometimes you could add a bit of vodka. You're quite nice, isn't it? Bitter, sometimes you don't, I know. It's a bit early in the morning for talking. I bought some little things in, you know, some mince pies and stuff like that. And uh, for the thinner members of the staff. And uh, I thought, you know, it's OK. You know, you know, we don't want to sort of overfeed people. Um, and I did have some little <coughs> salmon things, which I found. Remember, I talked about them the other day. Oh, by the way, yes, I have produced the cough, which is really driving me mad. It's a few people have now got it. I think my friend Richard's got it. I've got it. Everybody's got this blooming cough thing. Woo. Happy mince pie day. <laughs> Which one is that? Is that? They're nice, those ones, aren't they? But they do fall apart. They're never as never as rigid as you want them to be. I do like a mince pie. It's very good, isn't it? Is that your first one this year? Oh, honestly, I, I feel a bit, bit, uh, bit sort of genuinely excited that I've sort of uh, tempted you away and given you your first mince pie. You won't eat anything Christmas until the 1st of December. And every time you hear the bells, an angel gets its wings. Lovely. I love that idea. That's my friend Ian, who's very excited about everything that goes on. Very. Uh, what else do we have? Um, um, potty paranoid. Oh, yes. Mums who've hoarded food and medicine. Uh, this is uh, pre-Brexit. I mean, I'm not sure how bad it's going to be. I just wish they'd get on with it. Makes it a lot easier. The businessman who's taking on Boris in the High Court in a battle to turn ghost stations into nightclubs. I don't know if you're aware of ghost stations. There's quite a number. I'll run through them a bit later for you. And... Um, they're stations which, have, which they don't use anymore. Some of them, like the one down the road from us here, in the Aldwych, uh, they use for filming. Excuse me. And I went in it because when they have an open day in London, you can go in there. And it's the old one, which is, it's got a lift in. So you, you can either go down the stairs, which takes forever, just a little windy staircase, or you get in the lift with a load of people. And you could probably get about 50 or 60 people into the lift, and then it took you... Uh, to the to the actual platform. Brilliant idea. And it's got... Uh, they've used it for all sorts of films and stuff like that because they have not changed the actual station. They haven't changed upstairs. The ticket offices are still there. The toilets are still there. And a whole row of telephone booths. Because when people didn't have mobile phones... I mean, nowadays you do see phone boxes in London, but they're mainly to advertise hookers. They, they're very rarely for somebody to actually pay... I mean, who uses a phone box... Everybody's got a mobile phone, every single person. Although somebody wrote to me the other week because I was advising people to go onto the internet and uh, check something out. And they said, not everybody's got a home computer. I thought, well, you must be the only person in the world who hasn't got a home computer because they're available everywhere. And if you've got a mobile phone, the chances are you've got a computer. But, uh, you know, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't work. Miriam Margulies reveals in the paper today she was a porn star in the 70s. Um... 
I don't think I have any comment on that at all, actually. Apart from telling you that Ronnie Corbett's daughter uh, and the family say they can't bear to part with his ashes, so he's uh, he's in the sitting room. He's on the mantelpiece, which, to be honest with you, I, I like the idea of doing that. I would probably do the same sort of thing. But uh, the idea that Ronnie Corbett has been compressed into a pot, I think is quite sweet. Very cheeky this morning, says Charlie. I love it. She says, I'm back at work in January. Just as well I've taken up sewing to keep me busy on, on mat leave. It's maternity leave, by the way. She's taken up sewing. Ooh, how lovely. Need to get back to flirting with you, Poppet. She does flirt very well. She does flirt very well. In, in a Yorkshire accent. Oh, did I do it in a Yorkshire accent? You know, sometimes I'm so talented, I don't know what accents I'm doing. I just, I just wander between, you know, uh, Cornwall and uh, YA... And, and then I go to Yorkshire as well, without even physically knowing it. It must be very difficult if you're sort of an impressionist. Because you don't know... I mean, what, I've asked impressionists before. What's Because you could just put on funny voices. Hello. You know, like that. I don't, I don't think hello is a very funny voice in particular, but it's sort of... It's, it's away from your normal voice. And then... So how would you know who you were? I mean, you could become paranoid schizophrenic. Because it, Peter Sellers... He used to do lots of voices... Oh, right, he thought he was too boring. Oh, well, probably right. And uh, so he, is that why he did characters? Oh, right. How interesting. That's a very interesting thing, because you're right, actually. I do know some people in, in show business, and they're very full-on. Very, very full-on. And I often think to myself, are they like that all the time? Or are they not? Is it just put on because it's a cover? So if Peter Sellers used to do voices, did you ever, ever remember Balham, Gateway to the South? He had a record. How love Just the one. Just the one record. <laughs> it was lovingly put away. Every, wiped it with a little cloth. It was a, like a little electrostatic cloth you used to get with it. And then I bought the KTL record cleaner. Did you ever see that? The KTL record cleaner, you, it had brushes and you dropped your um, seven inch in there or something like that. And it went, went round and it cleaned it apparently. Which I thought was, I thought was absolute, it was rubbish. Absolute rubbish. I also bought Buttoneer. Remember the button here? A button falls off and then you've got this plastic thing and you push it through and it seals it with a plastic thing. Because you can't sit on the tube, can you, with a needle and cotton, you know, sewing on a button. I keep losing them on my fly. I don't know why I'm telling you that. I just thought I'd share it with you this morning. It's, yes, a f- button fly, yeah. Well, I don't, I don't, you can't find zips on, on jeans anymore now. I can't find je- jeans with, with zip. Vel- I, w- I want more Velcro on the jacket. I want more Velcro on the jacket. So you're supposed to try to find a zip and do it and then getting myself caught up. I got caught up with the scarf the other day and my bag and it just... It, I'm, I'm trying to get to the toilet, but at the same time, I'm strangling myself. I'm doing a break. OK. Oh, look at the mince pies. Oh, right. They've got other mince pies out. They've got frangipan mince pies. I can't remember what frangipan is. It's quite nice. No, it's not... No, I don't think so. No. Not cheese. No, it's... No, I don't, I don't know what it is. I thought it was like a, a light... Pastry type stuff. I don't know. I don't know. Ask them. They're eating them out there. Hopeless. Okay. Short break. Eighteen minutes past five. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. Nice to have you company. Welcome along to Sunday morning. It's Steve Allen's early breakfast. God, Christmas is so close. So so close. Getting my uh, my tree today. We've already got two trees, and now we're going to go for a third tree, which is very nice indeed. Which the council have bought for me. Uh, nice. Always like nice councils. Uh, also, what was the other one? Oh, Caroline Flack is back with Andrew Brady, as I said earlier on. I mean, t- tediously boring. 
and 106 doctors have been caught faking qualifications in the last eight years. So who's treating us? I'm always slightly worried about that as well. Uh, also, families get off a flight as the crew ignore allergy message. And Danny, Don Ju- Danny John Jules snubbed for the post-tour of Strictly because they've said he's bullying. So you can't have somebody like that on there. Either they're, either they're sort of playing around with each other, which they're not supposed to be doing, or they're bullying, in which case you can't have that either. Plus Sooty, a hand puppet used by Matthew Corbett in his last show, fetches £2,000 at auction. Two thousand. I wonder who originally... When, when, when Harry Corbett first saw Sooty. I can't remember what the story is. I'll probably find out over Christmas, actually, at the Magic Circle. Um, because when he bought Sooty, I think he bought him in Blackpool, at the end of a pier, something like that. So, in other words, he was a commercially available toy. And I wonder whether or not you can just sort of use a toy. I mean, there have been various incarnations of Sooty, Sweet and Sue over the years. Sweep was always the crackers one. Sweep was always the one that made everybody laugh. Sooty was quite sensible. He just did the izzy-wizzy, let's get busy, and squirted you with water. Which, of course, kind of sealed his fate, as I was concerned. And um, so I'd love to find out whether or not he sort of, he was made by a toy company or whether he was a one-off. That'd be interesting, wouldn't it, to find out? Uh, plus, uh, plus uh, the Yorkshire Ripper snubbing Christmas dinner. This is Peter Sutcliffe demanding salmon en croute. I think you'll eat what you're given, actually, mate. I think you'll eat what you're given. I'm going to start pandering to somebody like you. Thank you very much indeed. And um, two million Brits are problem gamblers at risk of addiction. And it's so easy to be addicted because nowadays, and we've all seen the adverts on the television, there's very famous people doing them, trying to get you to play, you know, whatever it is, Rainbow Riches or something or this or that. Do you know, it leaves me cold. Isn't that odd? Because other people are going, oh, I'd like to try that. And I'm thinking, why would you want to? Why would you want to? Because it can lead you down that path. They, they always say, if, if you gamble... The advice is only gamble what you can afford to lose. If you can't afford to lose and if you're doing it and the worst thing is losing money and then pumping more in to a machine or whatever it is to try and get back what you've lost because you never will. You never will. And somebody's now bypassed their 76 million, haven't they? Nobody's come forward to claim it. 76 million pounds sitting there. Go I tell you, I could have been very happy with that over Christmas as indeed could probably everybody. So the front page of the page, let's go through, shall we? Shall we have a meander through this morning? Uh, apart from uh, Ronnie Corbett's daughter, she, has, she says, we keep my dad's ashes next to the television. I'm always amazed that they can get you down from, you know, six foot or four foot or five foot, whatever it happens to be, into a little pot. And somebody did ask the question a short while ago. It's always the one they answer, isn't it? When they actually do a cremation, how do you know it's your ashes that you've got? Well, not obviously your ashes, but how, how, how do you know that it's your family? And the answer is because they just do. Because they just do. And so keeping a little bit of Ronnie next to the table, I think that's really sweet. I think that's, that's one of the nicest. That you can talk to a pot. You can talk to a pot. It doesn't matter. That's what they say. It's, it's just that you're always amazed, aren't you? No matter how bright and cheerful you are, you always end up grey. Always grey. Mum of school bully is racist. Waterball teen's mother has criminal conviction. I can't say I'm entirely surprised, but I do worry about this because she was fined over a rant after she spat at a chip shop owner and called him a, the P word, and terrorist. And so hardly surprising 
that uh, her son allegedly goes after this this young lad, of whom they've raised, I think, is it about £130,000 now on one of these just-giving sites? I mean, that's that's the best thing ever. That's the best thing ever. But um, they're obviously a very leery family and not the most pleasant people. And so now the alleged attacker's mum, who can't be named for legal reasons, was arrested after this uh, dispute at a chip shop in March last year. What is it about people who just want to be rude to people? What is it? I just, I just, I don't quite get it. I don't quite get it at all. And then there's the, um, the MP, isn't there, whose son's the convicted drug dealer. But it, it, it turns out he wasn't drug dealing. Uh, he just had it for his own use, about two and a half thousand pounds worth. So she's quit, uh, and everybody's going, "Oh, that's good." She, she threatened to hit somebody with a, with a bat. Never the, never the brightest thing to do. <laughs> never the brightest thing to do. And now, of course, she gets a job in the House of Lords because Mr. Corbyn recommended her. You know, can't make it up, can you? Uh, family off flight. There's lots and lots of people now um, who uh, who have allergies. And nuts seems to be at the top of the list. The family of this young man, who is 13, walked off a plane after a 10-minute row with cabin crew during which one passenger said, this is nuts, because they've refused to stop serving the snacks on a flight. Now, I don't know because I don't, I don't think I have any allergies for stuff like that, whether or not, I mean, surely, as long as he doesn't touch the nuts, he's not going to be affected, is he? I'm assuming they all come in little sealed packets. If, you, if you're allergic to nuts, all right, if somebody's sitting next to you and they drop them on your lap, then that, that could be something worrying. But then you just make sure that nobody around him has got nuts that he can get his hands on. They were booked with British Airways. Uh, and they were meant to be flying home with Iberia. And uh, they say Isaac risks dying if he just touches a nut and he carries an EpiPen. Well, loads of people carry them. I think we're being overdramatic on this one. His sister said, asking passengers not to eat nuts has never been an issue on other flights. What, you can actually get a whole plane to not eat nuts? Because one person has got an allergy. I've never heard of that before. Are they banned? Well, they're not banned on this flight here. Not banned here. And uh, she says he was embarrassed and upset, but she told him he had nothing to be ashamed of. She said the stewardess said it isn't company policy. I told him he could die and was told to stop being hysterical. It does seem a little bit overdramatic, but as I say, I don't know what the situation is. As long as you don't touch the things. Apparently, Leona says BA had reassured them an announcement would be made about Isaac's allergies. And uh, they say alternative flights and accommodation cost him an extra £6,000. Um, uh, a spokesman says it's a severe allergy. Iberia's medical service would need to be involved. and might even be a report from the customer's doctor to advise the staff. The customers left the cabin uh, while the purser went to tell the flight captain about the customer's behaviour when they told that they couldn't guarantee a peanut-free environment. I've never heard of actually asking a whole plane. Excuse me. My son, I mean, you know, at this kind of rate, you have to be flying by yourself. But the producer didn't think you could get nuts on aircraft anymore. What do they give you as a little guy of, hello, thank you, thank you for flying with Steve Allen Airways, which will be cruising at a height of seven feet, and uh, here come your nuts. I mean, I just don't, what else, what would you give somebody? Can you do those bowl of sweets? Oh, a, boil, a boiled sweet, as opposed to a packet of honey-roasted nuts? I mean, come on, even you, you must salivate at the thought of honey-roasted nuts. 
that little packet you get, and you always ask for it. Can, can I have another packet? You know, they go, of course you can have another packet. So they give you, you've got two packets. That by this time you're beginning to look slightly like a hamster as you shove them all in your mouth. But there is the danger that if somebody's allergic to these things because they've got an allergy, but I've never heard of a whole plane being advised to not have nuts because that's quite a few people on a plane, isn't it? I mean, it could be anything from three hundred people, and presumably they. They load nuts on and they expect to give it. Perhaps they have to come up with something else. I like those things that you get in the Indian restaurants where you get little sort of hot towels. Do you go there for the hot towel? They have a little cabinet. Have you seen the little cabinet which keeps the hot towels in it? And it's apparently sort of, and it's lemon flavoured. Why can't it be strawberry? Why is it always lemon? Sorry? Scented, uh, scented yes. I, always, I, I like a wet wipe myself. I've always been good with the wet wipes. In fact, sometimes I buy boxes of wet wipes because I always think that's the easiest thing because it, it's it's sort of it's very useful. <laughs> I don't think I'm going to ask Phil Chrysakos. Definitely not. It is five thirty. It is the news with the latest headlines. Here's Philip Chrysakos. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. So everybody was getting very excited the other day, weren't they? Very very excited that Noel Edmonds was kicked off. The I'm a celebrity, and they get people. Who, you get all the people who write in. They go, it's a fix, it's a fiddle, it's this and it's that. But he seemed quite happy with it. He, he was surprised he got that far. It was it was very nice, and uh, so that was good. They seem to have done quite well with the I'm a celebrity. I'm, personally, I couldn't care less about half of them. The very idea that somebody's telling me who is a celebrity nowadays, I can work this out for myself. And so they all sort of stand under the shower, all desperately hoping to get that that sort of picture. Unfortunately, for two of them. They're not going to be remotely interested. It's not like Mylene Class is standing under a shower. This is Emily A. Tack. Okay. She's, she's Kate Robbins' daughter, I think. Well, somebody told me. I've completely forgotten about that. But uh, anyway, will they win? Who knows? Sad story of the day. The war hero, Peter Goldstone, has died from injuries inflicted by burglars who stole his television, which was worth no more than 15, 20 quid. They, uh, he's 98 when he was 98, he was dragged from his bed on bonfire night and punched and kicked. Who would do that? What sort of sickening little toe rag would ever do anything like that to a defenceless 98-year-old man who's a World War II veteran? He got two bleeds to the brain. I mean, you know, if you're going to steal somebody's television, I should imagine he'd probably say, take it. But they decided. I'm assuming druggies. I can't think of anybody with half a brain cell who would ever attack an old man of 98. I would seriously go out there and hunt them down myself. Uh, his son and daughter maintained a bedside vigil until he passed away early on Friday, becoming the 127th murder victim in London this year. All they got away with was uh, a 26-inch black Panasonic TV worth around 10 quid on eBay. Worth around 10 quid, I mean, seriously. And, and a few personal possessions. Somebody would be trying to sell it. Somebody would be trying to sell that. You see them on these programmes, this... Uh, well, mainly in America, we don't seem to do it over here. Well, we do do it, but it, it's not as big as in America where they've got, like, giant supermarkets to take the stuff you've nicked. Sorry, uh, stuff which you've decided to take in there and try and get some money from. And they go in there, and you could see just by looking at the people, you know, why would you have a garden rake? And thing, you know, just stupid things. You automatically think, no, there's something going wrong here. But for an old man to be killed, you know, how how dreadful. How absolutely dreadful for his family. And when they catch these people, I want to see them really suffer. I really want to see them suffer. It's, I was thinking the other day, we're so non-multicultural over here. Look through the Jeremy Kyle audience. 
you know, count how many ethnic faces you'll be seeing. Look through the Question Time audience. How many ethnic faces? Go to America, and every single chat show is really, really multicultural. Ellen DeGeneres has more, you know, black women of a certain age, young and young, young people. I mean, they adore her. They absolutely adore her. And you think, why is it not like that over here? Why do we not have these sort of mixed multicultural audiences? I suppose because people feel excluded. But on Ellen's show and on Oprah and everybody else, it's, it's just part of it. Takes us about 10 years to catch up, doesn't it, really? Anthea Turner is at the centre of a family rift after cutting contact with her sister. Now, this is... This is quite a big deal, I should imagine, in anybody's life when you cut ties with your sister, who's been bankrupt before. This is Wendy Turner-Webster and her husband, Gary, a former EastEnders actor. Um, she had to pay, she says, £5,000 of their debts. She's already helped them out before uh, because Anthea, who was their guarantor, was sued for missed rent payments racked up when the couple lived in a West London house. They're living in another rented place at the moment, because I'm not sure if they're working or if they're not working. But I, I got annoyed, actually, at the time. This was years ago, when Wendy Turner-Webster and her husband, Gary, um, declared themselves bankrupt. And I think, but wait a minute, he was in Minder. She was working as a presenter on television. How dare you declare yourself bankrupt? It's not like they've got loads of dependents and something like that. They just go, oh, we can't be bothered to pay the tax. And then they had the cheek to write a blooming book about how to survive bankruptcy. And then now they've got nobody to help them out. So they've had to move to another rented place. If I was, if I was Anthea, I'd seek legal advice to make sure you're not still the guarantor for anything that they do. But uh, she snapped and that's it. She goes, nothing. You can't keep bailing people out. You really can't keep bailing people out. They must have been the most ungrateful people ever. But as I say, when, when it's somebody who's earned good money, between them they must have earned good money. It's like this uh, Jezza's top MP. MP. This is uh, Kate Ossamore, who resigned after claims that she knew about the case before sentencing, misleading the public over her son's drugs offences. It was so interesting to see some... Some little Herbert writing on uh, on Twitter saying, oh, so so happy now you've managed to force out a black MP. No, she threatened to brain somebody with a bat. You can't have things like that. Obviously deeply unpleasant. And uh, she wanted leniency. I mean, between her and her son, they were earning £130,000 a year. Not bad, is it, really? Not bad. But uh, uh, she uh, was asked for a response to the story the newsman said she told him she um, she should have confronted him with a bat and smashed his face in. She then told him to F off. She's quite charming, isn't she, really? And, uh, and then she threw a bucket of water over him. What a horrible old baggage you are, dear. And you're going into the House of Lords. I feel like standing outside and throwing a bucket of water over you as you go in and go, see, taste your own medicine. Uh, Ishmael, her son, was found with drugs worth two and a half grand at a festival in Dorset. The MP for Edmonton elected in 2015, continued to employ her son after his guilty pleas in September. He had admitted four charges of possession with intent to supply cocaine, ecstasy, ketamine, which is a horse tranquilizer. I don't know the effects of any of these things, seriously. I mean, I remember somebody telling me about ketamine, and I said, oh, ketamine, what's that? I thought it sounded like it was some sort of cereal. They said, you know, can you... But then apparently there is one called Special K, which is another drug as well. That's a street name. I'm, I'm not up to, you know, the only ones I know about is, is cocaine, ecstasy and cannabis. I only know about those ones. I don't know about the other things. And that's the marijuana where you smoke a, a sploff 
or something. Um, I, but I don't... Uh, and ketamine... Uh, do you get very low? Oh, right. But a lot of people who are ill take spluff uh, things, don't they? You can get liquid cannabis. I don't know what you do with that, though. Is that... Oh, right. And does that help? Or does it basically mean you haven't got the faintest idea what's going on, so you don't worry about the pain or anything else? I don't think it's for us. To be honest with you, I think we're a little bit too old. You know, I think we're, I think this is for younger people. I, I don't think people of our age, people just look at you with pity. Unless you live in San Francisco and you want to wear flowers in your hair and stuff like that and go back to being a hippie, but it, I don't think that's you at all. I think you'd, you'd be better off with a word as original. I think that's more your mark. You know, that's trade name, by the way, trade name for it. So uh, so there we go. I can't wait either. I mean, but I, I just, I, I never was, was interested in things like that. I think I did try it once. That, that can I, and uh, to be honest, um, I don't know if I inhaled. I might not have done, actually. I don't know. But I remember thinking at the time, shan't be doing that again. Just smelt like old socks. That was, and it was, yes, and I only know what new socks smell like. So when I smelt something old socks, I wasn't very happy. And then there was a girl who used to work for LBC years ago, and she used to smoke herbal cigarettes. And in all the pubs she was smoking, in the days when you could smoke in pubs, happy days, they, uh, they used to say, I'm sorry, what, what are you smoking? She'd go, herbal. <laughs> and it was as well. Uh, Steve says, Ron, £76 million, as long as you don't say it won't change anything or something. Well, they have said that. It's not going to change them. They've given a lot away. This is a nice couple. Oh, no, sorry. This is the couple who won £18 million. They've said it's not going to change us. The 76 million, I don't, I don't know what, what's happened there. I think it's somebody who's come in, perhaps worked as a fruit picker. They bring a lot of migrant workers in, buy a ticket. You know, you go and you buy a packet of rolling tobacco or something like that, or a packet of cigarettes, and then you, and then you sort of go, and you sort of, uh, and then you buy a ticket. You go, oh, I have a ticket. And so you, you sell them a ticket, and then off they, they go. And they then put it in their pocket, and they forget about it. And it's worth 70 million. I mean, that, you'd be sick as a parrot, wouldn't you? Uh, Bev says, Morning, Steve. You just brought back memories of all those gadgets in the 70s. They looked brilliant and were usually rubbish. Was it KTEL? It was KTEL. It was, they, they used to bring out albums with about 50 tracks on. And the, the DJs used to use them, but the trouble is they were recorded at a lower level. And there were too many tracks. You could never cue them up properly. It was such a, such a pain. Uh, Steve, at Christmas, says, Mo, my in-laws are very mean. Uh, at birthdays, anniversaries, Christmas, they bring out an old card and put it up. At seven, my daughter was too old for gifts. I can't remember what year we... St- what age? I think I was probably 15 when the uh, relatives stopped buying presents for me because I then sort of moved into kind of adult kind of situation. Uh, Steve says, Marilyn, how can Diane Abbott be opposed to moped attackers being fought off by the police? I don't, I don't know either. I don't know, perhaps there's something the matter with her. I mean, I would have thought anything that stops these people attacking people and dragging them along the road would help. So if we ram them with a car, even the Prime Minister, has said basically, I mean, Diane Abbott should engage brain before opening mouth. Uh, you see the TV are pushing Katie Price's crazy Christmas, says Dorman Dom. Yes, apparently she wants, uh, she's, it's, I mean, to be honest with you, she's not the full ticket. She really isn't. You know, she wants to go and have more, more facelifts. She's got no money. She can't even afford to keep the poor kids' pets going. 
you know, they're just sort of uh, banging on the door, this poor iguana or whatever it was. And so it's died. But she, she's blaming Peter Andre. But there again, poor old Katie Price, the total disaster. No businesswoman there, I'm afraid. Just another idiot who thinks that they know better than anybody else. So she started asking all the exes for money to help her out. No, your problem, love. You sort it out. You're supposed to be so blooming clever. Wills and Kate need to take a supply of Febreze to complement their vegan Christmas nosh-up. Actually, there were sort of certain people who who actually probably enjoy vegan. I mean, I've, I've eaten, you know, just, in fact, probably yesterday I had vegan. It was sprouts and pasta, and that was it. That could probably class as vegan, could it? I don't know. I mean, that's some Rivita. God, I tell you, you are living the lifestyle. You really, honestly, my envy goes out to you. I could show it around. Dark Rivita. Oh, right. I didn't know there was such a thing. I thought there was just one Rivita. Really? What do you actually put on it? On this Rivita. Oh, lovely. Coleslaw. Very original. Some hummus. Oh, yuck. Bit of chilli sauce. What do you mean? But what do you mean bit of chilli sauce may be? Either you remember or you didn't remember. All right. And you put two two Rivitas together or you can just manage on one. Like a sandwich. All right. I used to do tuck biscuits with a little bit of butter on and a little bit of cheese and another another tuck biscuit on the top of it. That was quite nice. And you wonder why I'm the size I am. <laughs> Honestly, it's hopeless. Uh, also, enjoyed listening to In Conversation with Griffreese Jones yesterday. I never thought, says Jan, I'd hear the day when you could hardly get a word in. Very good interview. It was a very good interview, actually. And you can hear that this evening, repeated uh, on LBC at nine o'clock tonight. And don't forget, I'm here as well. Christmas. I mean, it'll be normal over Christmas, but I think, if judging by um, an email I got the other day, is right. I'm doing the breakfast show. On Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, Boxing Day. So I'm assuming one will be newsy-based, which will be the Christmas Eve one, and then two will be sort of chuck it all up in the air and see what uh, sticks up there on the cloud. We'll have to wait and see. Will we open the phone lines? Who knows? 13 minutes to six. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. Sunday morning. Oh, dear, I don't know. Have you been paid? You should have been paid, shouldn't you, for November... Hopefully, things we're now in December, and then it's uh, a short month because technically you get paid before Christmas. They they don't have to pay you before Christmas, but they do pay you before Christmas. But then, as I've pointed out every single year for since the year dot, unfortunately, it's a six weeks month, so you've got to you've got to save up save up the money. That's why I say best now that you start doing stuff and you get it out of the way. But uh, trying apparently seven hundred pounds they reckon is the average spend for a family. I mean, but I suppose by the time you bought the turkey, the trees are very expensive this year. Trees are very expensive. An average six-foot tree is running about 50 quid. That's what they are on the high street at the moment. I mean, you can go up to an eight-foot tree where you're paying about sort of 120 pounds, something like that. I can't accommodate an eight-foot, you know. I'm happier with sort of six-foot. Six-foot's quite big enough, I think. The time you put it in a stand and you've decorated it with lights, all it's got to do is sort of stay there and, and that sort of sees you through Christmas. Because the Queen leaves her decorations up till February. Yes. And she's not had any bad luck recently, has she? Much. You go to... Oh, yeah. Oh, well, I mean, I, I don't know why we're supposed to take them down. It's Yeah, but why? Do, what, what, what's Twelfth Night got to do with anything? Why do we have to take them down? Is it 12 days after Christmas? Yeah, but they didn't. This was all back in September, wasn't it? What we're celebrating is a pagan festival. So why is it flexible? Why all of a sudden do we have to sort of get our... Tr- I mean, apparently, you were OK as long as you turned the lights off. 
They started making it very flexible. So as long as you turn the lights off, that meant the tree wasn't lit. So that was OK. And then you've got time to take it down. But most people I know have actually got their trees up. My Lynn's got her, her trees up. Heather's putting her, her tree up today. And I'm going to put a tree up as well. Are you? You're buying yours today. How lovely. Do you know how much they are? They're ever so expensive. They are. Yeah. Sainsbury's or Portobello Market. And what, what size will you be looking for? Little short, stumpy three foot or maybe something a bit more impressive? Robert... Going on top of the coffee table. Oh, you're looking for a small one then. You look... <laughs> oh, right. And do you have lights or do you have to buy the lights? Good Lord, honestly. Can't wait. I was thinking of decorating this studio here. But to be honest with you, there's going to be so many people using this studio over the next couple of weeks that it's pointless because, you know, I've, I've got a little, I've got a little six inch one at home and, uh, and I was going to bring that in. I thought, no, somebody will pinch it. So I'm not bringing it in. I'm too frightened it might go. <laughs> you never know, do you? How many lights? Oh, you can't get any lights on that. Well, you probably could. You get a little string of tiny, tiny lights, which we've had before, actually. My, my producer during the week, Chris, he, he brought in a tree last year. You've got to do something, haven't you? I remember winding tinsel around the microphone. And every day I came in, somebody had taken it off again. <laughs> Obviously, somebody not very festive, because I like it. Are you? Tinsel around the golden retriever. Don't you think that might sort of be a little bit annoying if you're a golden retriever and you've got tinsel, what, round your neck? Round its, oh no, that must be really annoying. I think that, that, that comes down to animal cruelty, doesn't it? It's like people who dress dogs up, you know, and they've got little Father... We had loads of Father Christmases round my way the other day on bicycles. Loads of Father Christmas. I think it was the annual Father Christmas bike ride. Xantacon. Uh, is that what it's called? Oh, right. And there's, there seemed to be quite a few of them round our way. I sort of... I, I was on the bus at the time, so I didn't sort of wave, which I would have done like an idiot. Uh, Sandra says, those of us who met the lovely Anita Harris quite a bit were very excited she was going to be on In Conversation, and we loved it. Do catch it at 9pm, anybody who missed it. Also, your Fagin the other day was so good, I thought it was the real thing. Burlington Bertie meets Fagin. Yes, definitely. That's nine o'clock this evening. Nine o'clock this evening on LBC. So, uh, Alan Sugar has worn nine, sorry, seven Rolexes in nine episodes this series. Good Lord above. And they all cost around about... Fifteen to twenty or thirty thousand pounds. I couldn't really justify wearing a thirty thousand pound watch anywhere. I would just feel so awful that it's just something that needs to tell the time, and I don't really think a thirty thousand pound watch is going to do it. I understand that there are people who sort of wear them, and it's, it's probably lovely and it's it's super for them. It's just not for me. I couldn't justify it. I really couldn't. Uh, Phil Vickery's up this morning. I wonder where he's going. This, oh, he always gets up early, doesn't he? But uh, he is up early this morning, so 5.54. Phil Vickery is awake, which means if he's awake, everybody's awake. Although he, he probably goes and sits downstairs. Uh, Steve, we start our radio show at Radio Christmas at 9am for three hours, say Phil and Sue. We picked up lots of tips by listening to you. Oh, God, don't copy me. I'm the worst person to copy for radio things. <laughs> apart from longevity, apart from longevity... And uh, and the fact that we have a very loyal audience. Rivitas are as dry as Gandhi's sandal. I would sooner butter an Amazon box, says Ian. I don't mind Rivita. I don't have a problem with Rivita. I, I thought it was quite, uh, quite nice. Uh, petrol protesters turning the Arc de Triomphe into a battleground yesterday as they clashed with police again in Paris. But uh, we found the dumbest builder ever. He dismantles a wall that he's just put up. He's just spent... 
you know, all this time building a wall and then he's had to realise he's got the lorry inside. He's a complete dodo bird. And so they had to knock the wall down so he could get the truck out. I mean, you don't get them any more stupid than that, do you? And that would be the definite stupid one. Poundland has put an X rating on one of its Christmas social media campaign adverts. Has anybody seen these, um, their um, toy elves? Elf on the shelf or something. You can, you can have elf on the shelf. And apparently they've got rude elves on the shelves. I'm not sure about it at all, actually. I don't think I don't think that's entering into the spirit of Christmas. I think Christmas spirit should be peace and harmony and love and pigs in blankets and crispy roast potatoes and turkey. Unless, of course, you're vegetarian or vegan or uh, or one of those piss, uh, piss, piscatorian people. Piscatarian. Piscatarian. Does that mean you just eat fish? But sort of. Yeah. And vegetables as well. OK. Yeah. Just no meat. But fish can be a meat, can't it? I always thought that fish was meat. Sort of, oh, it's vegetarian's cop-out. Right. And so what would you be anti if you were a Piscatorian? What would you be, what would you be anti? Red meat. Oh, right, do you think they have a little bit of turkey? Do you think, like, like vegans, they, they do cheat a little bit? Something. Not a, well, I mean, not, not all. Not all vegans cheat, but I, I do know a few, actually. But, but, mind you, I, I know some Jewish friends of mine, they eat bacon. You know, everybody does different little bits and pieces. As long as it's not done to excess, I think it's OK. I don't think... Sorry? What do I cheat at? I don't think I cheat at anything, actually. I'm, I'm almost Mary Poppins, practically perfect in every way. I can't think of any other... I don't, I don't cheat at anything. If I want to do something, I'll do it. I don't, uh, I don't hold back. So, in other words, yesterday I thought to myself... I'm going to buy a trifle. I want to eat a trifle. And, and I thought, no, you mustn't eat a trifle. Don't eat a trifle. And uh, I want to eat a trifle. I thought, Don't eat a trifle. Go see what else you've got at home. And at home I had a tin of fruit salad and a tin of ambrosia custard. So I had that. I had that. Exactly. I mean, I, all I needed was sponge fingers and a bit of squirty cream. And I could have actually entered into that whole trifle thing just in my mouth at the same time. Spoonful of custard, spoonful of thing, and then pfft, with the squirty cream. Washed down with a small sherry. I love a small sherry. A bottle of Ember cream residing in the fringe. It, fridge is very nice. You should have it cold. I've always said that. And I like Ember. What was the other one I liked? There was another one. Harvey's Bristol cream. That was a good sherry. There always had some elderly aunt who smelt of mothballs who used to come round at Christmas. And you go, would you like a sherry? What? Would you like a sherry? It used to take for that. In the end, you have to wave the bottle under her nose. And she always went for it. She always went for it because sherry is nice at Christmas and I feel as though it's a fortified type of wine, which is always quite good, isn't it? 84850, steve at uk. Uh, this uh, Hurley and her son, he's now grown his hair very long and he's 16. He's obviously a model, isn't he? I mean, he can't be anything else. When you, when you look like that, he can only be a model. I thought I was going <coughs> to be a model at one time. I'm saying to my mother, could I be a model? She went, it's so silly. <laughs> uh, Steve, I think that the, the Queen uh, leaves her decorations up till February for her dad. That's when he died. I think that's why she stays till... The, well, she doesn't put them up or take them down. They have servants. People who climb up ladders and, uh, and put up the Queen's tree. I mean, I wouldn't like to imagine how many trees they must have throughout all the different estates. Because I'm assuming every estate has trees up. They would have to, there'd be people there to do it, wouldn't they? 
I think so. Uh, what else we got coming up? Oh, the news. I knew there was something. Six o'clock on a Sunday morning. If you're going to go out and do shopping today, why not do it early? Why not do it early? So, in other words, get into the shower now. Uh, I'll give you three minutes to get in and out, and then we can be back again. And uh, even if you sit there with a towel wrap round you, that's okay. I don't have a problem with things like that. We're well into nudity on this show, let me tell you. It's going to be compulsory by the time we get to Christmas. Uh, so, news next. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. Nice to have you company. Welcome to Sunday. I'm not, I'm not 100% actually. I've got this, this silly cough that everybody else has got it. Actually, it's not as bad as I thought it was going to be. So I've just taken uh, one of those anodin things and hoping it will sort of clear it up. Right pain, isn't it? Last year, and it's funny, I was only saying on Friday, I said I managed to have escaped all the sniffles and the, all the other sort of things that go along with, um, with sort of a cold at this time of year. And I've not had the flu jab, so it's probably my fault. Uh, if you're a fan of Harry Houdini... He made a a film in 1953, uh, which was talking about his life. Well, in fact, shackles and locks used by him in that film are coming up for auction in New York. They reckon £25,000. The only thing I have of Harry Houdini's is a key. I have a key, but then Harry Houdini had lots of keys, believe you me. So if there was any chance of him not getting out of a box or something like that, he had keys for every occasion. And I got one of them. And it cost me, I think, about, about $200 or something like that. Years and years ago, it cost $200. So not too expensive. And it comes with provenance, you know, saying it is one of the keys as used by Harry Houdini. So that's about my only claim to fame. 25000 pushes it a little bit out of my, uh, my price bracket. Unless, of course, I win the lottery. Which I think is highly unlikely. Uh, 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. Russ the Postie from South End. He says, Corn uh, uh, hit my head, headphones on Friday, so I couldn't listen to your podcast. So I turn onto, uh, onto Jeremy Vile's show. I can't mention other presenters on here. I mean, we don't, we don't have any competition, as you can well imagine. But uh, she was talking about the police tactics to moped muggers. She defended them by saying, they're only young people who've lost their way in life and just feel how their parents would feel if they got hurt. I, uh, I nearly put the radio through the windscreen. But the trouble is, you do get people who would, who would argue the toss, wouldn't you? Like Diane Abbott. You know, she's sort of arguing the toss over, uh, we shouldn't ram these people so they could get hurt. Well, they don't have a thought for anybody else who gets hurt. As far as I'm concerned, it's tough. You know, I don't think they've lost their way in life in any way, shape or form. They all, they bleed the same as everybody else does. They thieve from people and they don't care, <clears throat> excuse me, whether you're young or old disabled. Let's face it, if somebody will break into a 98-year-old man's house and beat him to within an inch of his life and kick his head in to steal a £10 television, I'm afraid uh, anything that I had about these people's upbringing goes right out of the window. Uh, Will you be doing um, a lot, apparently, over Yuletide? That's what they call it now, Yuletide. Sounds very, very, uh, because we've had some great Christmas films on the television. They had uh, Miracle on 34th, the other day, the black and white one, which was lovely. Um, but they say there's an undercover survey revealing Yuletide adultery. Apparently, the office party, worst place, worst place, easiest place to get picked up. You go to the office party. So, so somebody you fancied all year, you know, in the accounts department or something. And uh, you go, hello. And uh, they go, hello. And then you give somebody a couple of drinks. And then people use the photocopier for all sorts of dreadful things. All sorts of dreadful things, which I can't even imagine. 
And uh, and that's it. So a lot of people, the day after the office party, are wandering around going, oh, my God. And everybody's going, we know what you got up to last night. So for that very reason, I don't do the office parties. <laughs> I've decided it's not safe. It's not safe for me at all. Mind you, I don't think it's safe for anybody, but people love it, don't they? Love a bit of a knees up at Christmas, and we are good. I will probably arrive in here on Christmas morning to discover people slumped in doorways with a tinsel crown on and a fairy wand in one hand going, I loved him. I really loved him. They all thought, everybody, I was watching that uh, programme the other day, and it might be called Ibiza something. It's got this big fat bloke who appears to run the reps who's on a dating programme at the moment, proving life is really going to be very difficult for him. They can't find anybody for Bobby Cole Norris and the other ones, so there's no hope for this one at all. And um, and then a couple there were sort of leaving, and they, they all hop in and out of each other's beds. Honestly, when we went on holiday, the excitement was blowing up your lilo and pushing it out onto the sea. There was none of this talk of meeting in the bar later. Yeah, come on, let's go and swap bedrooms and stuff like that. Like that idea at all. Uh, Gary... Oh, Gary Lineker has uh, revealed he was bombarded with skimpy underwear to wear on telly. Yeah, and then you copped out, didn't you, Gazza? Copped out, mate. He then put on a pair of shorts. You know, he says viewers could have had a, a much bigger shock had he gone with popular demand. We knew you were going to cop out. When are you going to cop out? You're just a crisp advertiser, aren't you? That's all you are. All you are. Former football stars scored an almighty own goal when they lined up for a telly diet show. Good Lord. Harry, Not Harry Redknapp on another blooming show. God in heaven, Harry, we're a bit bored with you now, mate. Lee Sharp, Steve Howie, Mark Wright. Who's that? Number five. I don't know who he is. David Seaman, Chris Waddle, Razor Ruddock, Ray Parler, Rob Lee, Matt Letissier, Robbie Fowler, Paul Merson, John Barnes and Mark Chamberlain. But not blooming old boring Harry Redknapp again. I mean, obviously we just finished with him in the jungle. Now you've got to put up with this blooming thing. It's going to be aired next year. Thank God for that. Perhaps it'll never be aired. Be a nice one. Um, it's hello again, 25 years on. And this is Wonderbra launching a new ad campaign. I think it was Hello Boys. I seem to remember it was something like Hello Boys. Uh, also, the uh, the portrait of the Madonna with the uh, the fallen Madonna with the big boobies from a lower low has been sold at auction for fifteen thousand pounds. I mean, that's just quite a good thing to have, isn't it? Quite a good thing to have. So that's quite nice. And then this pile of old rubbish. Uh, in the paper today, where did this one come from? It says, Prince Charles tried a new anti-ageing device to look good for his 70th birthday. His wife, Camilla, is known to use the therapies of this so-called celebrity beautician. To be honest with you, it's the bigger pile of rubbish as you ever read. Uh, the fans also include Victoria Beckham. Yeah, of course. Gwyneth Paltrow, yeah. Simon Cowell uh, has just launched this machine. It uses electric current to stimulate the nerves and muscles of the face. Well, I think Simon Cowell looks the worst he's ever looked. But uh, anyway, the, the person here, uh, they say uh, she doesn't comment on uh, her clients. No. So let's just let it run, shall we, as a story. Makes more sense. <coughs> Kieran. This is just tattoo of us. This is Kieran Haler. God, honestly, how, how talentless do you have to be to be on the television nowadays? Kieran Haler. Claim to fame. Stripper. Plasterer. Unemployed. Two children. Used to be with Katie Price. Now not with. OK, and that's his claim to fame. His claim to fame was the fact that he was with Katie Price. Very embarrassing, isn't it? But now he's, he's going to try and demonstrate that he's got a personality. She's going to hate him even more. Seriously, she hates them all at the moment. She's not going to like this idea. So that's good. Uh, a former rugby player wants to ban Christmas at his house. Wait to this one. Wait to this one because he's terrified of glitter. Now, you remember last week I had a card that had, had glitter on it. 
And um, and I kept saying, please don't send me cards with, with glitter on because we get it all over the place in the, in the studio. I mean, literally, it goes everywhere. And then, if, if you've got a little bit on your finger, you can't see it because it's so infinitesimal. And then if you touch your face, all of a sudden, you know, you look like you've wandered out of sort of a poodle parlour. You've got little bits of glitter and you turn your face like that. Like that. And then all of a sudden it reflects. So I'm banning glitter cards. I'm opening them all very, very carefully. Very carefully. I've had a few Christmas cards in already and I'm very grateful. Thank you so much. Including one from uh, from Sylvie, who sent me a hat. Lovely. Oh, look, I've got a Christmas hat, which is very nice, isn't it? There you go. Doesn't quite go over the top of the headphones, but it's as near as damn it. Great. She says, I love Christmas. She said, could you wear it to do your programme? Doesn't help, does it, really? But, uh, it's very festive. Very, very festive. There you go. An angel's got its wings. How cool is that? It's a lovely hat, actually. It's one of the, one of the better class ones I've seen. Thank you, Sylvie, very much indeed. And uh, to anybody, please don't send in glitter cards. Seriously, we get it all over the place. We really do. I mean, I went out one year. So I think people thought I was male drag or something. Because you touch your face. as you, I don't know why. Uh, flossing dance. Have you seen this flossing dance? It's this, we did this thing the other week. And apparently it's nobbling fans' knees. It can cause lasting damage. So don't, don't do it. I don't know, I've never seen anybody do it. I watch them on the television doing it. It doesn't really count, does it? And there's a rude advent calendar. We've had chocolates. People complain about chocolates. We've had all sorts of little things. But this is a, a rude advent calendar. Compete with handcuffs, vibrators, a feather tickler and a lead and collar has gone on sale. And that's just, that's just for the first of it. Can you imagine? Apparently this, uh, this website uh, have aimed the filthy festive offering at kinky couples who want to experiment. What, with a feather tickler? What's that? What's a feather tickler? Is that like a duster or something? Like... Look at what? The comedian, what, Ken Dodd? Well, what do you do with it? You, you tickle. Oh, dear, I don't think we want that, ladies and gentlemen. Just discover what it's supposed to do. It's not very nice, is it? I've heard of handcuffs before. I'm not that naive to think, you know. I personally wouldn't be trying anything like that, as you can well imagine. I'm always too frightened. Somebody would just tie me up to the bedpost and then leave me. <laughs> what better... Or take a photo. Oh, even worse. Can you imagine? That's the trouble now with people with cameras. They've got all sorts of things. There was that bloke, wasn't there? A short while ago, was he a sports... I think he was a sports reporter. I don't think he is anymore. And um, he decided that he, start, he would start experiment, experimenting on the internet. And he did everything, literally on the internet, start naked. He's a very good friend of Simon Thomas who said, oh, he was... He, he did a programme on the television about it, saying how he'd been hoodwinked into believing he was talking to this woman the other end. But, I mean, the one thing you don't do... I can only advise you, if you're over the age of 60, please, don't do it, it's unnecessary, uh, is to take all your clothes off and perform on the internet, because somebody the other end could be recording it. And then they put it up there, and he actually got put up on the internet. So you've got him peering into... Not that I've seen it. You've got him peering into the, into the camera... And, uh, and and doing and you think, oh, that's going to haunt you for the rest of your life. You'll live to be 90, and all of a sudden, so it'll come to somebody and go, oh, do you remember this one here? Because by that time, we'll be so open about it. Uh, Paul Warren says, I've had a flu jab, and I've got this stupid tickle cough. It's doing the rounds. Doing the rounds, Warren. Uh, and a vile sore throat. He said, I'm dying. 
don't be such a dramatist. You're not dying at all. You're going to be fine. I bought, I've got some strepsils. I found, I've got everything in my bathroom for everything except diphtheria. And uh, so I brought in some strepsils. And that was quite nice, but I still managed to cough. And yet, strangely, while I'm talking, I've only had a few little coughs. Not any more of that, do we? Thank you very much indeed. But we do need a, a quick time check. And I can tell you it's quarter past six. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Uh, 19 minutes past six. 19 minutes. Uh, have you ever watched Mrs Miracle starring Doris Roberts? I think I might have done. Is she the woman from the American sitcom Everybody Loves Raymond? I think that's who Doris Roberts is. I'm pretty certain. I think I've got it on DVD. If it had the word Christmas in it, I was uh, I was always there. I love stuff like that, anything. And the little match girl. I've got that, but it never plays on my machine. I think I've got a ropey old copy, which is a shame. Uh, that stars uh, that uh, that is it's the it's the woman from Every Loves Raymond, Mrs Miracle. I can't remember what it was about. Is she an angel or something like that? Or she does uh, she does things. She mysteriously appears and quickly becomes an irreplaceable nanny, chef, friend, and matchmaker. Oh, I might have to I might have to search through my pile of uh, stuff again and watch it. Today could be a, a today could be a very good Christmassy day. Steve, Russ the Posty again. How does that Claudia Winkle what's it command so much money on the BBC? Um, he says with a terrible haircut, not a dress that actually looks good on her. In fact, I'd look better on them with my posty boots on. But that's more a fantasy, isn't it? I suspect that's probably more a fantasy. You've sort of seen her outfit. I think she's great. I think the idea that she's slightly off the wall. I think is is actually really it's it's quite a nice thing. I'm I'm very into that. Steve, when you said you'd be on the breakfast show on Christmas Eve, do you mean seven till ten? Yes, yes. Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, and Boxing Day. I normally do Christmas Day, Boxing Day, seven till ten. But but this year, I'm hoping they sent it to the right person. I'm doing seven till ten on Christmas Eve as well, which I think is the Monday. I'm not too sure. Actually, we shall we shall find out. So that's uh, so that's why. Yeah, I shall be doing seven till ten on. Uh, on Christmas Eve, ma- 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 it's Monday. Monday is Tuesday, is it? <laughs> Christmas Eve is is Monday. Okay, so it's Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Oh, that's great. And then I sh- after Wednesday, I should be back to uh, to normal because by that time we're into the January sales, practically, aren't we? Everything moves around a little bit. Everything moves around a little bit. All the papers are full of pictures of really good-looking Santa Clauses. There's been a lot of very good-looking Santa Claus. It's like a lot of the Christmas trees this year. Paul Cooper's got some really nice ones. They're sort of I like them nice and thick. You know, when you've got sort of, you can bring those branches down and you can put things on the branches. Like, like the cat is fairly, pro- our cat used to sit there and it would sort of, it would grab anything on the tree. And in the end, it became like a scene out of a blooming film. It was very irritating. So I'm quite happy when the cat wandered off one day. Didn't come back for about a year. <laughs> Martin Lewis will tell you how you can save money at Christmas. Hibernate, turn the lights off, stay in, don't go out, don't talk to anybody. Much easier, much easier. And it's um, Dan Lobb. Dan Lobb. That was the one, yes. I knew you'd find it eventually. <laughs> Didn't take much for you to... You're like a ferret in there, weren't you? I shall find this if it kills me. Yes, Dan Lobb was that reporter who made a programme on the television about being caught out by somebody in the flagrante. In fact, a little bit more than in flagrante, I think. And... Um, and then he went on television and talked about it to say, you know, be warned. I wouldn't mind, but this sort of thing has been going on for years and years and years and years. And donkey's years, where people pretend to be somebody, the other end of the line. And uh, you're going to stop smiling about it. I read... Oh, he presents on Channel 5. Well, there you go. 
I nearly sent him a sympathy card. <laughs> Just to sort of say I'm terribly sorry. How embarrassing. But a lot of people are saying it's, it's easily done. Well, it's not if you don't do that sort of thing. Of course it's not. I wouldn't dream of taking my clothes off in front of anybody, let alone the computer where you've got a worldwide audience. But every day there's somebody else. Every day. Uh, another one here. Uh, it's talking about... Um, I know you didn't go, but how did the works karaoke night go? I I don't know. I have to find out later when the uh, producer of Andrew Castle comes in. He will tell me because they invited me. I didn't go. Why would I want to go to it? Unless they load of people you work with. And he went. Oh, it'll be nice. It'll be a curry, and then we're going to a karaoke. My idea of hell, ladies and gentlemen. The idea is that we all have a curry, okay? So bindi bhaji, and we'll have some poppadoms and a keema naan, and then I might have some kulfi at the end because we've all eaten Indian food. And then you go and sort of have a few drinks and you sing karaoke. I can't think of anything, but about ten of them went. So I shall get the lowdown on it a little bit later on. Uh, talking of the weekend breakfast show with Andrew Castle, it's here at seven o'clock this morning. Uh, up for discussion today, the UK's two billion pound funeral funeral industry is under investigation after prices have risen above the price of inflation for over a decade. It's the only thing, as I said on Friday on this programme, that you never complain about. It just seems mean to complain about the cost of a funeral, doesn't it? I mean, we haven't had to pay for one for for quite a while. But and I can't tell you what it cost. My brother would probably know exactly. It could have been two and a half thousand. And I suspect it's probably gone up since then. It must have done because now they run all these adverts <clears throat> on the television saying take out an insurance policy. And then if there's anything left, we can help you, you know, with it. And uh, and I'm sort of thinking, well, that must be the big business nowadays. But they'll be talking about that. The Paris fuel protest. Dozens of yellow vests are arrested. I think it's about 300 arrests over there. But uh, I think they all deserve it. We can't start setting fire to place. That's just ridiculous, no matter how cold it gets. And with increasing tensions, the Ukraine seek tightened security as it bans Russian men from entering the country to stop an army forming. Oh, they've sussed that one out, have they? Let's let's bring them all in. 300 in here and 200 in there. And then they all get together and they go, we're an army. And you go, oh, God, why did we not see that one? There's a bloke in this country... Um, who is, well, if he's a child, I'll eat this entire studio. They think he's over 30, OK, but he's he's put down on his asylum form, he's under 18. Well, there's no way. I mean, <laughs> he was in the classroom. They've taken him out of the class. This, this is how stupid this country is. They've taken him out of the classroom, but his parents still get benefits because he's classed as under 18. How dumb are we? Answer, very, very dumb, ladies and gentlemen. Very, very dumb. Because they still go... I mean, you only have to look at him to realise he's an old man. He's no way 18, but, you know, they managed to fool a load of people. Uh, Paul is in uh, Pontefract. Is that Yorkshire? Pontefract in Yorkshire. That's where you know that, don't you? Is that where Pontefract cakes come from? Are those the... Yeah, the the little... Yeah, it'd be funny if it was. It'd be hilarious. And uh, what are they making ghoul? And um, so you've got Pontefract cake, which is the licorice, isn't it? Which is... Oh, you've never had one? You really don't get out, do you, much? Really? You've never had a Pontefract cake? You've never had... Do you like licorice? No, I don't have any. I'm just asking whether you like licorice. I'm not, not going to magically... You like a sherbet fountain? Don't we all? <laughs> Many a happy evening spent with a sherbet fountain. I love a sherbet fountain. In the end, I used to cut the paper off around the top and just tip it into my mouth. Because you could never suck it up the licorice tube, could you? 
the licorice tube used to get sort of a bit blocked, so it didn't work. But nice things like that, very good. I'm not even sure, actually, whether it's good for you. I can't remember what sherbet is. I don't know what it's made of. Sherbet or something. Can you find out what's made of what sherbet it is? Anyway, Paul says, spot on about the moped hooligans. Well, I just, I just don't think that there's any deterrent. People can go around mugging people, grabbing their bags, dragging them along the road. And we go, that's all right, Popsy. You just take whatever you want. Not me. Not me, thank you very much indeed. Definitely not. I got three numbers on the Euro Millions Friday night. £5.20. Somebody says it's a disgrace. Cost of the ticket, £2.50. Winnings, £2.70. Well, that's plus. That means you're up, doesn't it? That means you're... I mean, I realise it's not very much either. Because they've actually changed it again, haven't they? And they've got... Uh, it used to be two millionaires could be made, and now it's only one millionaire. As I say, it's just getting so ridiculous. And uh, Paul says, I've just bought £200 worth of spirits with for Christmas with my winter fuel allowance. Thank you, taxpayers. Well, don't worry. I mean, I, I couldn't care less what people spend their winter allowance on. It makes no difference to me at all. Uh, do you like Jack Daniels over the festive period, says Matthew? The answer is no, I'm not a Jack Daniels drinker. Uh, I have had Jack Daniels, but it just it's not for me at all. So, sherbet in the United Kingdom and all other Commonwealth countries is a fizzy powder, sugar, flavouring, an edible acid and base. The acid may be uh, tartaric, citric or malic acid and the base may be sodium bicarbonate sodium carbonate magnesium carbonate or a mixture of those and other similar carbonates and then sometimes they add fruit or cream soda flavoring all right how boringly boring is that how dull that'll be on the best of yes what is sherbet steve allen asked that important question i used to like lemonade powder did you ever have lemonade powder it was just it was it was just it was lemons and sugar and it, it came out like, and they, they used to have a scoop in the sweetie shop. And then they do rainbow powder, which is all different colours. And exactly the same thing. Sugar in the jar. And you put your finger in and dab it like that. Just realise how bad that looks. But anyway, and you sort of, and you do that. And then your finger would go all yellow. And you go home and you go to mum, I've been smoking. Because <laughs> everybody who smoked in those days used to have nicotine stained fingers. But I, I never had nicotine-stained fingers when I smoked. Well, I don't think I did. I can't remember looking. I just remember you could smell cigarettes everywhere. When I, now I, I, I'm, I'm quite good. It doesn't bother me if I smell a cigarette. I'm not, uh, not going to be craving sticking a bunch of burning leaves in my mouth anytime soon. Thank you very much indeed. Good enough for Walter Raleigh. Not good enough for Steve Allen. I know it's not easy to stop. I know it's uh, no, not easy to stop. Uh, somebody says, uh, I just watched a pirate copy of the film Bohemian Rhapsody. It must have been filmed using a camcorder because all I can see is, wait for it, a little silhouette of a man. Do you get that gag? I see a little silhouette of a man. Scaramouche, Scaramouche, when you do the Fandango. Thunderbolt and lightning, very, very frightening. Me, Galileo, 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 Figaro. I'm just a poor boy, nobody loves me. He's just a poor boy from a poor family. Sparing his life. Easy come, easy go. Miss Miller. Yeah, Be- I love. I know. I, I. It took me ages to work out Beelzebub. I didn't really know what it was. It's the devil. Yes, absolutely. I love singing songs at this time. Of the way. I think because if you're lying in bed, and you're thinking, should I get up? And you think, I can't be bothered. What's the point? What's the point of getting up today? It's a miserable day. It'll probably rain at some point. But uh, I shall. I shall just sit on the bus, staring out the window wistfully. You know, waiting to see a sledge going over the sky with reindeer. Some of the Father Christmases on the television adverts have been very good. 
They look very realistic. For the, for the little people listening, these are people who help Father Christmas out. OK, it's not the real Father Christmas because he's at the North Pole and he's currently getting... And you can track him. We will be tracking him on LBC uh, through Norade, I think it is. <clears throat> Philip, I know, he is, he is our Santa, isn't he? Because he always brings us the latest news because it's 6.30, so Philip Krisikos, here he is. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. 25 minutes to 7. What would happen if you went sick over Christmas? I'd be sick. I don't know. It's never happened before. Never happened before. Never happened before. Uh, who would cover for you? I've no idea. No idea. I think it's Richard Spur this year who's being me. Uh, Vivian Chelmsford says, I've had the dreaded cough too. Picked it up at the hospital where I work. Then the norovirus started to do the rounds. If you get that one, believe me, you'll be frightened to cough. <laughs> I love things like that. Actually, the funny thing is, when I'm actually talking, I don't feel as I'm going to cough. When I, when I stop talking... Then I go into a little bit of a of, of a coughing a, a, a coughing thing, and I had it a few years ago, and this year it's doing the rounds because the amount of people I've heard from who've who've written to me saying we've got this coughing thing, it's a blimmer. Where'd you pick it up from? I think I picked it up in here on Friday because I'm very susceptible to picking things up. I can pick up really quickly. And somebody who was doing breakfast, I won't mention his name, Dave. He, uh, I went out there and I said, oh, "Morning, he went, oh morning, the oh, oh, you've not got a cold, have you?" Went. Yeah. And the trouble is, if one person gets it, because of air conditioning, it gets distributed. And I've got air conditioning in here. I've got one one vent that sucks and one vent that doesn't. And uh, I think it goes through the, the central, the uh, the air conditioning unit. And you end up, so you pick up the virus. Because I can always tell when I'm going to get a cough or a cold. Because you wake up and the other day my throat was a bit thick. And uh, if you're a broadcaster, it's your worst nightmare because you go, oh, my God, I don't want to do it. And so I look around for everything that I've got in the bathroom to try and do away with it. And because it was just a sore throat, it wasn't... It was, I've gone a bit sniffy now as well. You look as though you're going to go a bit sniffy too, aren't you? You can be like that. And so I, I, I've discovered these, these strepsils, which have got something in it. And, um, and that apparently soothes your throat because it's nothing more annoying. If you're a producer, it's easy. You just sit there and cough and wheeze all over the place. You know, if you're a presenter, you sort of like that. And you'll discover as it gets nearer Christmas, more people. I mean, the other year I could barely get through a sentence without coughing for the world. In the end, my boss, he phoned me, said, you need to take some days off. I went, I'll be all right. I'll be all right. Being all sudden brave. But you wake up in the morning and the indicator was, was I able to broadcast? So I would, I would stand in front of the bathroom mirror. No particular reason. Uh, but I sat in front and go... La, 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 la. And I oh, that doesn't sound too promising, does it? It sounds a little bit flat. Well, generally I'm not. And uh, and so then you start panicking about it. So then you look around at what you can gargle with. And I always thought the simplest things were better. Salt, apparently, is quite good. I know, it doesn't sound very promising, does it? But uh, but not Listerine. No, I don't think so. Corsodol, is that very strong? Will that sort out a sore throat? Will that do a sore throat? Gets the notes. I've got Vic Sinex. <laughs> that one there, which was, takes you by surprise, doesn't it? it? Makes your eyes water. But I'm, I don't hold out much for these sort of things. So I think with, with Sinex, you're supposed to squeeze and sniff at the same time. And uh, and then apparently then that dries, so that dries the mucus up. This is how I've always decided how it works. But then the thing for me, which I always thought was good, was chloroseptic. They do a chloroseptic, a spray. I'm, d- I'm convinced it's designed for presenters because without working... You know, it's going to be a very lonely Christmas this year. So uh, I'm determined. I, I should get through it. 
Absolutely, if I had to sit here and bang myself over the back of the head. Uh, so that's what would happen if I went sick over the uh, over the Christmas period, Martin. Somebody else would come in and cover, and uh, that'd be it. But don't worry, because it's only the... What are we up to now? The second. I've got another another two weeks at least to try and shed it, so that will be fine. So if I go a bit sniffy, who cares? doesn't make any difference. Kay in London says, uh, you're definitely my favourite. You are the funniest LBC reporter. Well, well, that's set it back, hasn't it, now? Since when have I been a reporter? Since when have I been a reporter? I might be on Christmas Eve on LBC, but I promise you, I'm definitely not a reporter. I have been a reporter. No, I haven't. I tell a lie, I haven't. In the early days of LBC... I was freelancing as a newsreader and travel reporter. Then they said, we've actually got some reporting shifts. And I went, no, I'm a presenter. I only want to present. I didn't didn't want to be a reporter. You know, they all used to go out in their Macs and everything else and have to stand there in the rain. So tell us, you know, will you be be celebrating Christmas this year? No. And and they come back and they're all drenched. Oh, horrible. You know, as far as I was concerned, it was uh, was much easier to be a presenter. Dean says, a little honey on a teaspoon. It's the best thing for your tickly cough. Well, actually, uh, manuka honey in water with a little bit of turmeric is always fairly good. But I don't like to uh, exacerbate the situation because sometimes I think you increase it. So I don't want to fuel it. It's like, you know, putting manure on roses. It makes them grow. I think if you put stuff into your mouth, like sort of, you know, scraping the back of your throat or something. Normally, I stick my finger down my throat to sort of feel if I can feel where it's swollen. And normally I can sort of see in the mirror because my, my glands swell really quickly sometimes you just sort of you put you put your finger on your glands and up it comes up it comes it's amazing really uh so more of your uh your remedies in fact dave said little dave poor soul says even as a child christmas eve i was given fenorgan a sleeping medicine so come christmas morning when most kids woke up at five or six o'clock in the morning i'd wake up at 10 with half a christmas day left really god when we were children we were up really early really early uh, I mean, like, early, when it was still dark outside, we would creep downstairs to the sitting room. We had a house. And uh, we were very lucky. And uh, we had a sitting room and a dining room and a kitchen. All on the ground floor. And a garden and a garage. And cats. And anyway, so we um, we would creep downstairs. My brother, he would always come into my room and sort of go, Are you awake? I thought, well, of course I am, because you're talking to me. And so we'd, we'd creep downstairs. We'd have a look at the tree. And you could see all your presents. And the tree was always lit. And it was so pretty. So pretty, the tree. And then and then we... I don't think we ever looked at the clock. We'd go into our parents' bedroom and we'd go, Morning! I remember my dad had opened his eyes and go, well, What time is it? We'd go, Oh, I don't know. We'd look around, you know, It's ten past three. Go back to bed. Oh, all right. So, of course, you can't because you're so excited by that time because Father Christmas has been... And he's left presents and stockings. At the end of my bed, there was always stockings. I never wore them. They just used to leave them there. There'd be a pair of stockings and a funny hat and things like that. And then my mother would always put in the same things every year. Nuts, satsumas, some quality street, a flannel, a new toothbrush and a bar of soap. If you were lucky, a propelling pencil. And that was about it. That was it. So that, that was to keep you satisfied until you got round to the main presents under the tree. And you'd always think to yourself, what did I ask for? And all my presents were smaller than everybody else's. Even when I, I got a little bit older, you could guarantee under the tree there'd be big presents, you know, that look really exciting. And mine would be the little small thing in the corner. You know, it should be buried under a pile of presents. When I go to my godchildren, they have to find... They have to sort of... Because they, they always get loads of presents. Of course, they would do that that age. And um, and then their, their mother will always go, find, find a present for Uncle Stephen. 
I said, I'm fine. Seriously, don't don't worry about me. I'm fine for things like that. But I quite like the idea that they all sort of find me a little little present. Uh, Corsodol is a mouthwash. For colds? You think you can use that for colds and sore throats? Oh, really? I was always told Vicks Vapor Rub in a bowl of hot water and a towel over your head. Do you know? That, that's quite a good one, isn't it? So you, you're inhaling the vapours, I think. But uh, we... Can you? Heavens above. Oh, I've seen it where they do it on, on kids on the television. They rub it on them. Adults as well can have it rubbed on their chest. And who would you find the person to do that? Where, where would that person come from? Is there an agency or something like that? I'm looking for somebody who rubs Vic on your chest. Not too sure if it's going to work, is it? I don't, I don't want anything that sort of makes me feel as I'm on fire. But I quite like the idea you can spray it onto pillows. And if you spray onto pillows, then you sort of, you're inhaling it while you're asleep. I still think you wake up with a cold. I don't care what anybody says. Uh, 84850, steve at uk. Guinevere and Trelawney. Tucked up in bed with a cuppa. Chandelier dimmed to 10%. A bit later, we need to take young Melissa to her school Christmas fair in Henley. Christmas fair? They were seriously doing Christmas fairs this early. I thought it was a good opportunity. Really? Oh, right. Oh, yeah, this will be a school Christmas fair, I think. Yeah, the school Christmas fair. That's where the kids have made something. It's always ghastly. It was dreadful. Were you? First Saturday in December, your little primary school. Yeah, but that was donkeys years ago. And then, did you have different... Did you have little people manning the stalls? And they'd go, oh, right... I always thought that was quite good, you get the little kids standing, because I only realised when I went to my goddaughter's school, when she was little, that all the desks are in miniature. They're all little tiny desks and chairs. But what's even more surprising is the urinals in the boys' toilet are tiny! Tiny! And the little kids, everything's in miniature. And it's sort of funny, it's like going in there, you feel like Gulliver out of Gulliver's Travels. It's hilarious. And all the little kids standing around there, and, you, and they're, all, they're, they're so desperate to take you from, you know, from your money. And I don't mind. I always go, oh, how much are these? And they go, they're a shilling and they're two shillings. It's quite a long time ago when I went. And, uh, and you'd always walk out with the biggest pile of rubbish you'd ever seen. And there'd be some girl always selling her old dollies. So there'd always be a store with old plastic dreadful dollies on it, which, uh, which never kind of did it for me at all. Meghan Markle's personal assistant quit after being reduced to tears by the royal's demands. You see, I don't know whether to believe this stuff, because if this is to be believed, she doesn't know how to treat people, or if it's made up, somebody's got it in for her somewhere. She handed in a notice after just six months, and uh, they say her job was highly pressurised. In the end, it became too much. She put up with quite a lot. Megan has put a lot of demands on her. You see, if, if you don't know how to treat people, you're not going to get the best out of them. So they are looking for new staff at the moment. Nice, isn't it? You know, if you really think you're up to it. They're not the best payers in the world, I warn you now. Quarter to seven. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Nice to have you company. Welcome along. Sunday morning on LBC. I was telling somebody, says Nora in Glasgow, about LBC, especially you. And she said, oh, I've never heard of them. And what does Steve Allen do? I said you were a social commentator. Well, I suppose so. I don't know, actually. I don't know what you would you would class. You just say it's Steve Allen on the radio, and people say where is he? And you go if you go to the LBC website, and I can only urge you to go to the LBC website, which is lbc.co.uk. There is a new LBC app. A lot of people worked very very hard to put together fifteen hundred different podcasts, one thousand five hundred from around the world. They're not just here; they're from all over the place. And so you can go on there and you can download. I've got uh, I've got a couple of podcasts on there. I've got the full show. 
and I've got the uh, what have I said? I've got the best of Steve Allen, and oh, I've got three shows. Andrew Rills, and then we've got um, Steve Allen's little bit extra, and it is just a little bit extra. It runs about fifteen minutes, and it's generally taking the Michael out of showbiz people. So there you go. It's it's the same as everybody else says. You know the the non entities that you get on these programs on the television. I think we have to sort of we have to knock them down to size. Asda is the best value for a festive meal. Uh, they've been named the best value major store for Christmas dinner. 33 typical festive meal items there cost £116. That's £3.80 less than Tesco. But to be honest with you, if you've got Tesco locally, go to Tesco locally. £3.80, that's nothing. Nothing at all. But uh, next cheapest was Morrison's, followed by Sainsbury's. Waitrose is the most expensive. So £116 as a £161 at Waitrose. Uh, Sainsbury's is £23 and 2 pence more expensive than Asda. But, uh, and you're, you're going to get all sorts of discounts all over the place for this Christmas. Depends whether you want um, a fresh bird or if you want a frozen. You could have frozen. You can, we used to get butter-basted, whatever they were called, butterball turkeys or something like that. But uh, there's some lovely ones you can get. Some really lovely turkeys. If you like to, if you don't do turkey, well, then you can get all sorts of other things there. Perhaps by next year, we'll have sort of a whole section in the supermarket for vegans and vegetarians and piscatorians. And uh, and then it'll be a lot easier. As opposed to at the moment, people sort of fussing around trying to sort of sort it. It's difficult, isn't it? If you've got people coming for Christmas and you go, uh, so what, 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 what do you like eating? And they go, well, I'm vegetarian. You go, oh, Lord, what do we do for them? Well, we could do the roast potatoes. Uh, presumably you can do the uh, the vegetables and stuff. Could you do stuffing? I don't know. But uh, And then you do something, nut roast or something. Like, I always think nut roast. I can't think of anything else. A sooty hand puppet used in uh, Matthew Corbett's last stage show is sold for £2,000. There was a seller. His name's Rob Smith. He bought it at a 2011 fundraiser for children's wheelchair charity, WizKids. They acquired it uh, after... Uh, Harry retired in 1997, and then it went on to Matthew Corbett. Mr Smith said it's Sooty's 70th birthday this year, so it's a good time to sell him to fund a new wheelchair for my wife Susie. Absolutely. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. Have you noticed, though, that poor old Katie Price, the one who's the most useless businesswoman ever in the entire world, she's having to sell her wedding rings you know, so she doesn't have any savings at all. She's got nothing. She's that use wedding rings. Yeah, she's got three. She's having to sell them so that she can exist. Poor soul, honestly. My heart bleeds not at all. Steve Allen is God. Well, I don't like to say God. I think that that could be slightly blasphemous. I don't like to equate myself as sitting on a cloud with the great one. But, uh, you know, if the cap fits, then uh, I could be seen on there. TV's Miriam Margulies says she was a 70s porn star. Good Lord. I think only on audio, on audio books, because, and the reason I say that is because Miriam, and she'd be the first one to tell you this, this is true, she's, she's got a very sexy voice, like that. But then, of course, when the camera pulls away, they go, oh, it's Miriam Margulies. <clears throat> I think she was the voice of the Cadbury's Bunny. And so, Cadbury's Caramel. It was all very sexy. Hattie Jakes used to do it years ago, and of course the joke was she sounded very, very sexy and all the rest of it, and then the camera would would show her, and then people would go, oh my goodness, it's Hattie Jakes. So that's why. So uh, Miriam Margulies, she says it would certainly make fellow nuns blush. I don't think anything Miriam Margulies has ever done would make anybody blush at all. She's naughty, naughty girl. Really naughty girl. And she uh, she's, (laughs) she's just been like that for ages. I had a guest once when we were in a studio years and years ago, and the guests who were going to appear 
sat outside the window. So it was like where you are, the other side, the guests would sit there and that was the corridor and I'd be sitting in here talking to the guest and Miriam sat there and she waved at me because we've, we've known each other for a, for a, a few years. And, uh, and she decided, and I forget who the guest was, it was somebody sort of fairly sort of well-heeled and, uh, and she, she leaned into the window. I thought, oh no, don't, don't, don't. And she lifted up her top and she had no bra on and she pushed her breasts into the window. And the, uh, <laughs> and the guest at that precise moment, just happened to look through the window. And I'm thinking, oh, my God, how do you get out of this one? Oh, she always does that. Don't worry. It's fine. <laughs> so we didn't we didn't care, actually. We didn't care. Uh, why I'm glad my Noel was booted out. His wife's first interview now. That's interesting, isn't it? You get the wife's first interview. Uh, also, the best for interviews is The Observer, Nicole Kidman, Joan Collins and Sally Rooney. Death of the President, memories from the White House of George H.W. Bush. He's going to be lying in state. I don't know how long for. Some of these things are sort of uh, generally about a week. Key Labour figures urge the party to prepare for the new Brexit poll. Sunday Times. I keep trying to find other bits and paper. Revealed Brexit legal advice could sink May. Uh, and also... Uh, they've got Tom Kerridge, Skyle McAlpine and Candice Brown basically advising you on uh, on how to... Every year we get told how to do Christmas, don't we? Have you noticed? Every year we get told how to do Christmas. You know, in theory we should be perfect by now, but uh, not necessarily. Uh, also, two doctors and a senior hospital consultant are being investigated uh, for illegally prying into, into Sir Alex Ferguson's medical records while he was in hospital fighting for his life in the summer. Not the best thing you could ever read, is it, really? Uh, the Sunday Express. Oops. Uh, just stop hounding Megan. Not the first headline that they've actually had. Not the first headline that they've actually had at all. Family outrage over cruel slurs aimed at pregnant Duchess. See, the trouble is now, because they've, they've given her the title Duchess, that's what they, they, they call her. They call her the Duchess, which is strange, isn't it? Britain faces Brexit trade disaster. That's the uh, Sunday Express this morning. And the mail. Inside the cosiest pubs in Britain. What makes a cosy pub? Answer, um, a roaring fire. A roaring fire, a good hearty bowl of thick soup and some crusty bread. And comfy armchairs to sit in. I don't want to... I mean, I'm not really interested in sort of some of these other, you know, pubs. I just want the pub that's... It's got an atmosphere. And it's generally made by the, by the landlord. How these people do these hours, I'll never know. Uh, Top-level security, Russian TV spies caught at secret UK army base and the palace hunting the mole who leaked the news of the rift between Kate and Meghan. Oh, so there is a rift between Kate and Meghan. Good old palace. They always manage to drop both feet in it, don't they, at the same time, which is fantastic. So uh, if it, let's, hopefully it, it'll, be, uh, it'll be a bit different uh, this time round. Uh, <clears throat> when I have really bad sinuses, Steve, I can't even smell Vic, even if inhaling. Oh, right. Uh, Steve, says Christine, I don't believe this about Meghan Markle. Some of the press have the daggers in her, sadly. Yeah, there is obviously something going on. There must be something, Christine, because they've lost quite a few staff that she's come in contact with. So this, this, is, this is coming from somewhere. Coming from somewhere. I don't think that bit's made up. I just don't know how sort of far down the line it's gone. That's why they said Harry has moved to Windsor, because he wants to sort of maintain some sort of relationship with his brother, <clears throat> which he used to have. Now he, he sort of hasn't had it as well. And um, as I say, she's... Uh, if, if you believe it, I mean, it's not looking particularly good. But there again, you're working with a family that are quite unusual. They're not like your normal run-of-the-mill family at all. But uh, anyway, I'm sure it'll sort itself out. Don't you think so? That's it for this morning. 
I have to thank you very much indeed for your uh, company. Uh, if you're suffering, the same as uh, people around here are, with, you know, you've got the sore throat, uh, somebody says, yeah, Fiona, get the flu jab. You'll be off for possibly two weeks if you don't. No, I won't. Oh, no. Oh, no. I'd rather go and sit in a sauna. You know, saunas are supposed to be very good for sort of sweating, sweating out and stuff like that. But uh, I'll be back with you tomorrow morning and I'll be back with you this evening at uh, nine o'clock for In Conversation. So it's Griff Rees-Jones and Anita Harris. If you go to the LBC website, you can download the LBC app as well as listening to LBC. Wherever you are, you can listen back to this and all of the other programmes from the last week for free on the catch-up feature. Just download the LBC app for iPhone or Android and tap on catch-up. It's as simple as that. It's a busy day ahead on LBC, and I'm sure you're going to enjoy every single minute of it. So uh, try and get some shopping done at some point. Trees as well. I wonder if it's going to be a shortage. No sprouts, apparently. Ten o'clock this morning, Nigel Farage. But right now, with breakfast on LBC, here's Andrew Castle. If you enjoyed this podcast, listen to Steve Allen live from 4am Monday to Friday and Sunday from 5am.